Powered by Righteous Media. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 19 of the Firefighters Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Serra. I'm back. Uh, I took a, a, a week off to take care of some things, but uh, thank you to my friend Paul for filling in and uh, showing you all the day I got started here at Righteous Media, I guess. Um, the first uh, on-air interview I did with Paul uh, back in the day. I hope you enjoyed it. But really, I'm here to comment on what I know everyone is waiting to hear my comments on, which is uh, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on TV because there's nothing more important in the world um, than two grown men uh, slapping each other. But here we are. Um, I don't really have any comment on the slap itself uh, or or really Will Smith's reaction to a joke. Um, whatever. Everyone's got their opinions on that. I honestly don't care. Um, if Chris Rock is okay with being slapped across the face, then then I'm all right with it. However, there's one thing I do take issue with. I've seen many people across Twitter referring to Jada Pinkett Smith as disabled for having alopecia. And I'm sorry. Um, unless there's some other conditions associated uh, that, that I don't know about strictly from an alopecia standpoint. Um, and I had to go look this up because I was like, what, what are we talking about here? And according to the American Academy of Dermatology, Many people who develop alopecia uh, are otherwise healthy. They have hair loss and sometimes nail changes, but they remain in good health. So please, for the love of God, stop insulting people with actual disabilities by saying someone losing their hair is a disability. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. Uh, there are many people who lose their hair and it sucks. But in her case, she looks fucking awesome. Uh, you know, and I, I think the joke itself, you know, the, the reference to G.I. Jane, uh, from what I remember about G.I. Jane, I mean, I saw the movie, but Demi Moore looked like a badass. Uh, everyone made a big deal out of her shaving her head, and, you know, she committed to the role. She shaved her head, and she fucking looked good. You know, people can take that however they want. You know, it's not up to me whether or not uh, they should have been insulted by that. But as far as alopecia being a disability, please stop it. As far as I can tell, she could still walk, talk, act, do all the things she could do normally. Um, she just doesn't have hair. Um, like I said, does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. Sucks to lose your hair. Uh, no one wants to go bald. But really? Disability? Uh, calm down, people. I mean, that's where we are in life with all the shit going on in the world. We're going to consider that. Uh, you know. <sighs> all right. You know, I told you all I wasn't going to get into this kind of stuff. But I mean, yeah, I just read one too many tweets uh, referring to her as disabled. And kind of bothers me, you know. You all know why. So with that, uh, let's move on. Um, I think we've all had enough of that story. So there's my opinion. You all have it. Uh, I hope it makes you feel better. Uh, it doesn't make me feel any better that this is the world we live in. But moving on, um, we had another 9-11 death this week. Um, retired FDNY Captain Mike Lyons. Uh, passed away, and I believe he was the second or third uh, within a week. And, you know, it goes on. You know, they say life goes on um, from 9-11, but 
it really doesn't for us, you know. It's what I've said all along. It's hard to get over something when when your friends and the people that you know are still getting sick and still getting and still dying um, from something that happened 20 years ago. You know, and these aren't old people. Um, we 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 get into it a bit in this week's uh, interview um, with Jason Burns uh, that these are young people dying uh, from cancers uh, and illnesses way before their time. Um, you know, this interview brings us back to the PFAS discussion. But it also applies to 9-11. You know, that's that's really what's going on. Um, it's not not people in the 70s and 80s that are dying. It's people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. So that sucks. Anyway, I wanted to get back to PFAS because I think it's probably the most pressing issue for firefighters right now. You know, obviously fires are dangerous. Uh, but there's one constant, and that's the gear. Um, you're always wearing our gear, right? You You don't go into a fire without it. So, you know, you don't, really, you don't really have a choice right now about whether or not you should wear it. However, um, you can limit that time, um, which Jason and I will get into. So uh, that's it. We won't talk about Will Smith uh, in this interview. Um, we're just going to talk about the most pressing issue for firefighters today. So with that, let's cut right to it. Firefighter Jason Burns. We're proud to have a new sponsor for the show, Rocky Boots. Since 1932, Rocky Boots has had a proud legacy building boots for the men and women who serve and protect our country. Rocky is introducing their fire boots. As with all Rocky Boots, these are high quality, comfortable, and built to last. Plus, these boots are NFPA certified. Located in an American small town, Rocky has volunteer firefighters in their company, and their focus is on footwear that's innovative and durable. Rocky is currently looking for firefighters to wear test their boots. If you're interested, reach out through any of Rocky Boots' social media channels, Facebook and Twitter, at Rocky Gear. And be sure to check out the great deals at RockyBoots.com. Rocky Boots, rugged innovation since 1932. Based in small town Nelsonville, Ohio, Rocky continues to be a world leader in premium, quality outdoor work, western, public service, and military footwear, as well as outdoor and work apparel and accessories. We're also proud to announce that Rocky will be offering our listeners a 25% discount. So enter Fire25 at checkout. Rocky Boots, where innovation, quality, and durability are our hallmarks. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 19 of the Firefighters Podcast. I'm back this week, uh, and with me is firefighter Jason Burns from Fall River, Massachusetts. Um, He's here to update us on where we're at uh, with the PFAS and uh, dangerous chemicals in our bunker gear. Uh, you may remember Diane Cotter from earlier in the season. Uh, so Jason's here to uh, catch us up on where we're at. So Jason, welcome. Good morning, Rob. Good, good morning to everybody uh, tuning in. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so let, let's just give everyone a bit of your background. Um, when did you get on the job and, and uh, you know, how long you been doing it? Sure. So I'm, I'm on in Fall River, Massachusetts. It's uh, pretty, pretty close to Boston and pretty close to Providence, Rhode Island, a fairly decent sized city. I got hired in 06, much like everybody else on the uh, the job. It was a lifelong dream. Right. So um, right. Build. I've been on for almost 16 years and uh, really started to get very actively involved after a layoff and became president probably within 18 months. And everything kind of escalated from there. So I, I spent about 10 years as a president and on our executive board and kind of felt fell into where I am right now and trying to be an advocate and protect our membership. So. 
Right. Well, that's usually how it happens, right? I, I don't think anyone starts out to be an advocate. It just takes yeah. you, right? Definitely. Just it, it played out. And, and really what I tell people is that uh, we had two young firefighters, a 37 year old and a 32 year old who died of cancer. So within six weeks of being elected president, I was burying one of them. Uh, Paul Chippendale, he's a childhood friend of mine, but he was on the job. And then uh, two years later, we're burying a 32 year old. And that's really where I started to kind of question what's going on in our job. I, I, we all know about the cancer epidemic. And it, to me, maybe I was wrong or naive. I always thought it was the 50, 60, 70 year old guys that got cancer and, you know, passed away too soon. But something changed when we started burying 30 year olds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I was thinking about this this morning. You know, you, what you're finding is is the chemicals in the gear are are accelerating these cancers. You know, cancers that we might have gotten in our 50s or 60s are now happening in our 30s, uh, which is very close to what we're seeing in the 9-11 community. And I was yeah. thinking this morning about all those young, because we buried a lot of young guys also, all those young guys who were working at Ground Zero for months straight. But during that time, they were wearing bunker gear for days at a time. So not only were they exposed to the chemicals outside of their gear, but they were also exposed to it inside their gear. Um, uh, that was just a little anecdote that I thought of. Like, that's crazy. That, that's why we saw cancers like, you know, the, the experts said, you know, 10 to 20 years is when you're going to start seeing them. But we were seeing them within a year, you know, so that's amazing. I didn't know they were that quick, but that's amazing. Yeah, there were guys who died early on. Uh, Zadroga himself was like, he got it in 05, 06. So it was, it was, it was fairly early. I mean, it, it was more of an anomaly then, which is why it took us so long to prove our case because now yeah. the numbers are staggering, but yeah. Um, so after you buried those guys, what, how did, how did you, how'd you jump in? Did you just, uh, you know. So really, we we started. I, I live in a and work for a very poor community. Um, you know, the apparatus are probably older than some of the drivers, and we bought our own gear. Sure. Uh, you know, it was a disaster, obsolete SCBA. So my focus was kind of like, hey, we got to turn this train around, right? This this has got to change. But in the back of my mind, I'm saying, why are we losing 30 year old kids? Um, so I, I kind of went down this path of figuring out what's different, what's changed, and somehow that led me to Diane Carter uh, from Worcester, and she had, you know blasted out a lot of social media and kind of asking someone to respond like, Hey, I got all this information about your gear, please. Someone listen to me. And on the heels of burying two pretty young kids, I said, ah, I don't know if it's relative. I don't know if it makes sense. I don't know if it's true, but I want to hear it because it might be relative and it might be a way that I can protect the rest of the membership, you know, going right. forward. So, so that's really where I jumped in. And, and if you know, Diane, she had volumes and volumes of uh, information and sent it all my way. It took a while to digest. You know, I felt like maybe this issue was a little bit above my pay grade. You yeah. Know? Um, so it, it definitely took a while, but I, I really started to get involved and I didn't really see a lot of action on it, you know, and and, it, and I think too many of us kind of said, hey, that's that's above my pay grade. That's science. You know, I'm a firefighter. I just go and put fire out. Right. But to that point, I, I, I think it is our pay grade. Right. Like, I, I think as firefighters, you expect that the chiefs or the, you know, the the department heads are are going to be taking care of this kind of stuff, but they're focused on a lot of other things. You know, there, there were many meetings that I was in in Washington where I was the highest ranking, you know, member of the fire department in the meeting, you know, and, yeah. and I don't think that was by accident. I think, I think there's a reason why, why people at our level are the ones pushing this yeah. because we kind of have to, because we don't, I mean, to their defense, they do have a lot of other shit to deal with, you know, 
not just yep. politically, but you know, you're in charge of huge departments. It, you know, I, I can understand it, but but I, I certainly never took kindly to the you know, you're just a firefighter thing. Well, my response was always, well, fuck you. I'm the one here doing it. So, right? I mean, and to your point, I think that also gives me more traction when I'm having these conversations yeah. because I am closer to ground level. So people are like, listen, that guy is me. I've lived his life. I've, I've been, you know, crawl down that hallway like he does and right. wear the same gear. So it gives you a little bit. So to your point, it is my pay grade, right? It right. is what I should be doing right now. Right. Like I, I always said, if, if, if we're not willing to speak up for ourselves, how can you expect somebody else to? Spot on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, you with this platform and every, you know, everybody that who wants to participate and help get the story out there, it's all a piece of, of the puzzle, you know? So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you, you know, having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I met Diane probably in a similar way to you a few years ago, but uh, she bombarded me with, with all that information. Um, so I, yeah, you know, it took me a while to digest it. I was kind of on my uh, post, uh, 9-11 VCF sabbatical. I had to take some time after that, but, but yeah, I mean, it's very convincing. It's very easy to see. Um, she's very persistent. So I think that that's helpful, but where, where I know she can't really talk about it, but where, where are we at now? Are we, are we gaining any traction with, with Congress? I know uh, Shaheen is pushing and a few others, but is that really it? Is anybody else? Yeah. So, so on a lot of fronts, you know, from from the beginning, I've always talked about information, education and legislation. Right. We need to get okay. this information out there into our membership's hands, uh, everybody who needs to know about it. And I think we've done a really good job of that. And, and you know, again, people like you and having this platform and shouting that information, we have it now. Right. We're working on education. Right. How do we handle this? How do we protect ourselves? How do we reduce our risk? Um, all those things need to play a, a factor. And, and, and so the update with that is we now have companies. Uh, we have one that I'll tell you, the safety components has been independently verified to have PFAS free outer shell. Right. So we are working on fixing an issue with the moisture barrier, which is loaded with PFAS. Um, right now, we can reduce exposure, not eliminate, but reduce exposure by getting the uh, PFAS free outer shell. Um, and it was really important for us to say we want an independent science to say that. I don't want a company to tell me that it's safe because they told me the last stuff was safe. So right. we've, we've gone away with, with you know, some science on that. So you got some gear that's starting to come out. We're still working on the NFPA test um, that, you know, the UV light degradation test that would help out the moisture barrier. Um, but then, like you, you kind of said, you know, there's there's various reasons why people can't talk about this stuff right now. We got lawsuits going on. We had right. lawsuits filed in California, Massachusetts, New York uh, with your FDNY, um, yeah. with the Pittsburgh organization. And uh, we also recently, Rob Bilot in um, Ohio just had uh, his, his got to go ahead on his um, lawsuit, uh, which is a little bit different than the Pulitzer group. So one of the one of the lawsuits is basically about. Um, securing a medical attention, some surveillance of people who have this PFAS in their system. Right. Uh, and then there's another group where they're suing and they're looking for restitution, kind of like, hey, you've you poisoned us knowingly and willfully, so right. you're going to pay for that. So those things are kind of matriculating through the court process. And, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, how best to proceed. So there's a lot going on. Again, blood testing. I don't know if you've heard much of the blood serum testing. That's finally getting out there. But even that brings up what's next. Well, now you get your blood tests. Well, what does this mean? 
How do I use it? How do I protect myself? What does that level mean? Okay, I'm in the 98th percentile. Now what? And and that's kind of what I, you know, I, I we're trying to figure out and kind of get the information out to the membership. Well, this this is what it means. Right. And, and at the very least, you can do what you can do to limit your exposure to it. You're personally, you know, just by not putting your gear on unnecessarily, which I'm still seeing these 5k runs with the people with their gear on and it's driving me insane. And I, I can't imagine that there are departments out there that aren't aware of something going on right now with, with bunker gear. I mean, they, at least hearing from, out, you know, departments near them of people getting cancer because it's everywhere. I just, I don't yeah. understand it. Um, we, we recently had a uh, very large uh, fundraising event, uh, BFIT organization. A lot of our firefighters ran through the, uh, you know, the old Boston Garden, the new uh, TD, yeah. know, whatever the new name is. And in the it's past, not the was, garden though. I, I I keep hearing people refer to it as the garden. It's stopped. No way. Not no. even close to that. All right. All right. Um, but they would, they would run through the, the stairs and kind of complete this thing and they would do it in their gear. And so this year we kind of made a stand in the PFM and said, listen, at least let the membership know that we recommend doing it outside of your gear. You can right. complete all these five K's with your firefighter t-shirt. And the, the point is still the same, that the, the, People respect you because of your profession and you're going to help whatever cause you're looking to help. And I would tell you for us, it was about 80% changeover, which I think, you know, in our, in our world, it's very hard to change. Um, so at 80% change, so last year it was hundred percent of the people wearing their gear. This time it was about 20% of the people completing right. their gear, which I thought was fantastic. And I think, listen, leaders lead. And, and in my professional, you know, union of professional firefighters in Massachusetts, they put it out and they said, Hey, we don't recommend doing this. Right. And, and I think the other the membership will follow. So to your point, chiefs, departments, union heads, everybody's got to kind of get this out there and, and look for change and ask for it. Right. It, on the on the line of change, what what are they? Why is the standard so high for this UV light uh, vapor barrier? What it seems like that is the ho- holding back the the true change, right? Like who's I, two-part question. I, I can assume who's pushing for it. That's the companies that are making it with the, you know, DuPont and whoever, but like, why can't we just, I mean, it makes no sense to me. Like, I, I don't know uh, what, who's holding that back, you know, who's, who's yeah, so right now that, that that ball is in the court of the uh, NFPA committee. So we had right. submitted, um, you know, I say we, it's, there's a bunch of people working on this, but um, we right. submitted a, a temporary, um, you know, agreement to kind of change. There's a, there's a light degradation test that the moisture barrier is held to. And I think it's gotta be, you know, um, basically containing water and held up to the light, you know, the UV light for something like 48 hours. And the only way they can pass that is by using Teflon or copious amounts of PFAS. So it's, it's interesting if you think about it. So our outer shell, you can get PFAS free gear. That's the one that I know is subject to UV light all the time. Right. right. The, U, the, the moisture barrier, which is tucked in the middle there, is not subject to UV light all the, all the time. But to pass this test, it's got a UV light test. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And right. Derek Irwin from the IAF, when he was kind of fighting for our amendment, basically said that there's no scientific you know, connection between that test and why you know, you would do that. It's not, it's baseless is what he basically said. Right. And uh, so unfortunately the committee at that time turned down our, our uh, request to, to remove that test. 
they said they're going to put it out to study a little bit longer. I'm uncomfortable with that because I know what the chemicals are doing. Right. Uh, you know, I don't want to wait, but here we are. And I think, you know, in some respects, there was some caution about maybe unintended consequences. And I think that's a worthy cause. We need to pay attention to that, you know, yeah. but I know what some really significant consequences are happening right now. And that's, you know, um, I don't, I can't forget about that. And I can't just push it off and say, well, we'll do a study and we'll get back to it in a, in a year. You know, that's too long. Right. You know, I, I think it's important to, to start convincing higher ups that that's something they, they need. They should be working on that. Not necessarily. That's something that should be above our pay grade is what kind of yeah. gear they're buying, you know, um, oh, yeah. but naively, Rob, but there, there's there, I think 40%, 30% of the voting block of that NFPA committee were representing the industry. Of course. Right. I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought it was yeah. a bunch of people who had my best interest, not their bottom line, <laughs> no best interest. Uh, well, I, I consider them all politicians. And when has a politician really ever had our best interest? Um, it, usually it's, uh, the only time they care about our interests is, is in November uh, yeah. and on September 10th. Yeah. Um, but it, well, you'll be happy to know I had, uh, I don't know if you heard, I had the acting fire commissioner from the FDNY on um, a couple of weeks ago, and she's aware of this and looking for alternate means of, uh, she was talking specifically about the firefighting foam. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I got the gear in there too. And I, I, she's aware, which is a good sign that at least, it's on her desk, you know, um, you know, the, the, those are the people that need to be working on this stuff is the people who actually have the power to, to change it. Um, change it. Yeah. That's so, an accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's big into sustainability, environmental impact. So that's a good, those are the types of people I think we need, uh, you know, going forward. Um, because I think these, these issues are more dangerous to firefighters than actual fires. As you know, I mean, it's our number one killer. Um, and I think it's going to create other issues just besides cancer, right? I mean, we're seeing ALS, Parkinson's, um, you know, I have all sorts of autoimmune and neurological issues. Um, and I know it's from exposure to toxins, um, partially, you know, they attribute it to 9-11, but I also wore bunker gear, right? I wore it constantly, yeah. especially in, in New York doing 5,000 runs a year. And, you know, we, especially Brooklyn, if you're listening, um, wearing the gear around the firehouse and uh, in the TV room is not the greatest idea. I know you want to turn out, but uh, take the extra five or 10 seconds and put your pants on when the bell goes off. Uh, yeah. But you know, there's all, all those issues are, are what's more likely to kill you than, than the big one. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, in that regard, so the global issue is toxic chemicals, which I think oh, yeah. I'm 47 and I'm sure in my time, you know, the, the, the use of, of toxic chemicals has exploded. Uh, we have a laser-like focus on the PFAS and the fire service issue, uh, you know, in our gear and in the foam. You know, globally, it's a, it's an over-reliance on these chemicals that is in the fires we're going to, in the products we're using. It's everywhere. So um, it's a it's a big issue that we're dealing with all over. Right. And it's in the food we eat, right? We're pumping it into the animals, into the ground, and the animals are eating it. The plants are, are getting it through the water, right? And then we're ingesting it. Um, yeah. They're everywhere. It's remarkable. Right. Yeah. I know it's crazy. All right. So, so, um, so I guess there's really not much, uh, can't really get too much into the lawsuits, but what, what, besides changing that vapor barrier, what, what can 
politicians really do. I mean, I guess we could establish some sort of national database for the blood tests, right? I guess some sort of baseline. But yep. what else can we do? Like what? I, it seems like it's an incredible uphill battle with the amount of firefighters we have, the amount of gear that's already out there, how little money money a lot of these departments have. Like, I don't know, it's daunting. What, what can what can they do to help? So, so for them, I'm looking for some strong language on banning any substances, right? We need right. that support and that's going to help out. We also need, because it's really difficult for say a local president to say, hey, city, town, I need you to pay for this medical monitoring, right? right. And even prior to the medical monitoring, I need you to do this blood test that is going to see my PFAS levels. And then I need doctors who are aware of what PFAS is. How does it impact our job? What do those levels mean? What do those levels mean to certain body parts that firefighters are getting cancer at rates that are, you know, 200 times greater than, you know, the normal person. So that, that is huge. You know, we also, I think we got to do more with blood, blood testing, like I said, but then I think for us, and this is what your your platform does for me right now, is we've got to let firefighters know that when they do get blood tested, there's there's like a clock of about three years, I think it is. Um, it could be two, but I think I'm pretty sure it's three. That now that you know that you have PFAS in your system, if you were ever looking to be part of those lawsuits, like you got that your clock is ticking. You got you got to seek legal um, advice at that point. You know. So that's three years from the day you're informed of it. The yeah, pretty much that you're aware of the toxin that's in right. your body and all the impacts. You, your your clock is ticking, you know, and right. there's an end game to win because then they'll just, I forgot the legal term, but they'll basically say that's too much in the past and, uh, you know, you got to deal with it. You got to move on. So right. uh, it's a very important, um, very important issue. You know, people can certainly reach out to me. I'm all over social media. I can kind of point you in the right direction, but that is an important factor of what's going on. Right. Yeah, definitely check them out. Your Jason Burns one on Twitter. Jason. Jason J. Burns one, Jason I believe. Yeah. Okay. All right. So definitely check him out on that. And uh, after the interview, Jason will put up some more stuff for you guys to, uh, to check out, you know, I'll share it. Um, but definitely if you're a firefighter out there, as I've been saying, the best, best thing you can do is a get tested and B stop wearing your gear when you don't have to. Um, and let, let, people like Jason worry about uh, getting you safer gear to wear. But uh, in the meantime, I think that's the best thing that anybody can do. Um, and to his point, if you know, you don't even have to read this research to see what's happening. The areas that he's talking about where our cancer rates are high are, are the ones that make sense, right? Your groin, testicular cancer, um, colon cancer, rectal cancer, Thyroid cancer, because everyone likes to wear those dirty hoods around their neck and they don't want to change them. They want to smell smoky. Uh, yep. Right. Are those, those are pretty skin cancer. Kidney, um, um, prostate, bladder. You know, we got we're dealing with a lot of these way more than everybody else. And I think ironically, I guess uh, some of these chemicals that we're talking about generally make a beeline for those organs once they're in your system. So. Right. But it's also the, the the areas that wear out the most in your gear itself, right? You're, yeah. you're growing everything, you know, when you're pulling your pants up and down, you can look down and see the rips, the tears, the holes. They're in those spots because that's where all the all the heat, the sweat, the yeah. friction or whatever. And that's. I, I think it's really important now that you just said that uh, just speaking to firefighters, they're like, listen, Jay, cancer is part of, part of our job. 
you know, and, and I want to tell you, like, I, I know that I knew that going in. My grandfather did 38 years on the job. He died of cancer at 75. It shortened up his his life and his retirement. I understand that. I'm not asking for everyone to hit it hard from the yard. Right. Like, I'm not saying let's not go interior. Let's not be aggressive. Go do your job. Right. But you you said it earlier only wear your gear when it's absolutely required, right? Clean yourself. All these things are part of the puzzle. Let's do what we got to do to protect ourselves right now and limit our exposure. I'm not accepting cancer. I, I, I looked at too many widows and fatherless kids. I'm not accepting it. Let's change the culture. Let's lead the way for the next group or staring at us saying, Hey, I'll do what that guy, that, that guy says, you know, he's a leader here. I'm, I'm on board. And right. we got to do better. And, th- and that starts with, as you said earlier, from, from the leadership, more so, I think in this case, from like the senior men or the guy, you know, the guys who leave their mask on while they're overhauling and the guys who swap out their gear after the job and take a shower and while, you know, the, I think that's got to be the, you know, they say clean is the new salty, right? So that's got to be where it starts. And I think the culture change. And, yeah. and that does start with, and it's the senior man, it's the leaders. The, those guys in, in the house are changing culture, right? And, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of guys who want to eat up this information and want more and tell me this and tell me that. And there are some who kind of say, meh, right? And I'm asking leaders to pay attention and lead, right? Let, let the next generation learn the right way. We, we've had our faults. I wrapped my kids up in my gear and took photos. I'm embarrassed I did that now that I have this information. You know, right. I've, I've done all the wearing your gear at a parade. That's great. Listen, we're not doing that anymore. So um, yeah, again, it's like leaders, let's, let's go lead. Let's do it the right way. Well, I, I think it took some time. You're seeing it now, but... Certainly when I first got on, we still had that old mentality for when the guys were wearing rubber boots and rubber jackets. You know, you just lung it out, kid. You just go in there. You don't need a mask and all that. But the fires changed. I mean, you can't go into these fires with all the petroleum products and houses now and rubber boots. Like, you the fire's burning, burning twice as hot as it used to. So right then and there, it's not the same job that it used to be. I mean, the fires used to go out, sure, but they weren't burning as hot. They, it was It was timber and cotton. It wasn't. Yeah, but it's a culture change. And and I'm told of stories now that when our department got SCBAs for the first time, guys were fighting each other and telling them, you know, basically you're weak and don't wear that. We don't need that. Look what we've done for so long. Right. What's the the old saying? Firefighters only hate two things, the way things are and change. Right. And so this is a change and we're resistant a little bit, you know. So, yeah, they ended up in a box in the basement when they first got them. You know, they didn't want to waste space on the rig. Yeah. Right. So, all right, man. Well, thanks. Thanks for the update. Um, like I said, I'll direct everybody to your social media and we'll start getting the word out uh, as far as we can. But uh, in the meantime, while Jason's out there working, please heed his, heed his advice and, and clean your gear. Take it off when you don't have to wear it. Um, the fire is not going out in the grocery store, right? It's that, you know, if you're going to fill a boot, uh, you know, you could wear your job shirt and you, you still have, you're still sending the same message, right? I, I think so. That's it. Everybody knows you're a firefighter and uh, they right. respect you just for that. So you don't have to wear the gear and increase your risk. Right. It's more important that you get to watch your kids grow up than uh, look cool while you're shopping for groceries. That's, that's a So thank you. Thank you very much for uh, pulling us together. And uh, thank you for everybody that's uh, paying attention. Yeah, man. And, and thank you. Thanks for beating the drum. Uh, Keep going. You know, as I told Diane, I'm here to help. You guys need me. Uh, you're welcome to come on anytime if you got something to say. So uh, let me know. Well, I'm, a, I'm an Irishman. I always have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Thanks. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks, Jason, for coming on. 
Uh, I really appreciate your time, and I, I, I really appreciate what you do for the brothers and sisters. You're beating the drum. You're, uh, you're trying to save lives, and, and really, you're one of the helpers. So thanks, man. Appreciate it. Three. Oh, uh oh. Two four at a time. 
Three to five. Okay. And then what? Okay. Now that we have the burgers ready and the hot dogs just about ready to go in their bun, we'll be back with you when everything's ready to eat. The burgers, hot dog, and fries are all ready to eat. They look so good, and so is our army. Chow's on! <laughs> Thank you, Frankie, and to my replacement. I know uh, dogs and burgers isn't exactly a firehouse feast, but let that be a warning to the company officers out there. Um, either your members don't know how to cook, or they're trying to send you a message. So uh, stay woke on that. All right. And I know I said I wasn't going to talk about it anymore, but I just have one more thing about this Will Smith thing that I saw going around Twitter, too, is a lot of people saying, well, should we now make uh, cancer jokes? Would that be okay if we joked around about cancer patients losing their hair? Uh, first of all, don't compare alopecia to cancer, as I said earlier. It's fucking not. Second of all, yeah, we make cancer jokes. You know, I, I, I have plenty of friends who've had cancer or have cancer, and they make jokes about it, and we make jokes about it to them because it helps us deal with it. Uh, Ray Pfeiffer, who battled cancer for eight or nine years, stage four cancer, uh, had had dozens and dozens of surgeries and lived his life in pain, joked about around about cancer all the time. Um, and it was funny, uh, you know, and it seemed to help him feel better. So, yeah, I mean, do you joke about it all the time with every cancer patient? No, but but yeah, you can make jokes about cancer, make jokes about anything. You know, my, my mom died when I was young um, and I have a friend and I hope he's listening out there uh, who had a, a mother who died when he was young and we joke about it all the time with each other. Um, sometimes we do it in front of other people and it makes them really uncomfortable, but it makes us laugh because it helps us deal with it. And it's, it's a way that we, uh, you know, I think in any aspect of life, you're comforted by people who've gone through similar things. Um, so yeah, you know, can you joke around about everything all the time? No, but, but yet that doesn't mean everything is off limits all the time. Right. How are we going to get through? There's a lot of fucking horrible shit that happens in this world. We'll never get through it if we can't laugh at the horrible shit, if we can't laugh at ourselves. Um, you know, it'll be a long, long, tough life. So that's my final, final thought on the situation is uh, it's a right to laugh once in a while, even if it's at yourself. Last week, we had a fundraiser for the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation out at Russo's on the Bay in Howard Beach. And uh, it was a great turnout. Um, we raised some money, we raised awareness. Uh, so I just wanted to thank everybody who came, uh, and donated, uh, to our cause. Um, we're six firefighters, uh, that make up the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation. Uh, and our only objective is to raise money to help 9-11 first responders that are battling illnesses that aren't covered by the program. If you don't know, uh, it's like any other insurance program. There's stuff that's covered, but there's a lot that's not. Um, and we try to fill in those gaps. We're, we're six volunteers. Uh, nobody gets paid. So all this money that we raise goes directly um, to those that need it. 
And I'm happy to say that to date, uh, in our four years, we've given out over $700,000, unfortunately, uh, to those battling 9-11 illnesses. So, you know, it's it's a worthy cause. Um, it's something that we don't necessarily enjoy doing simply because of, of what we're witnessing and what we have to deal with, but uh, something that we all feel that we have to do um, because of the example that Ray set for us. So thanks again to everybody. Um, Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Paul and everybody over at Righteous for filling in for me last week. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks to Rocky Boots for your continued support. Subscribe now at staylow.us. Be sure to leave us five stars. If you feel like joining the squad, go to patreon.com slash the firefighters podcast for some deeper uh, content. But let's stop trying to kill each other, right? Let's uh, stop going to war. Let's stop slapping each other in the face uh, and let's chill out, right? Uh, let's hang out for a little bit. Let's take a breath. It's been a rough few years. Uh, you know, life is rough in general, but let's try to calm down. All right? Stay low, my friends. Powered, Powered. by Righteous Media.